Rick Shue here. I'm on two hours of sleep. Aaron, two hours. We've got Aaron, Fanboy Garage. Let's chat. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. Thank you, Freak Bass, for the music. You see, I'm already fucking things up because I'm tired, dude. Dun, dun, dun. Hit it twice. Double tap. I hit it twice. And this is going to be on iTunes like this because I'm too lazy to edit it. <laughs> I don't want to edit it because I'm just going to throw this up as a, as a podcast. So Brian Chatlin has been really busy with his photography and acting. And then our, our, our Courtney Cheek ran off and got married. And, you know, she's been super busy. So it's kind of been just me. Uh, but they'll be back in the loop here soon. But dude, it's like having a show and just doing it on your own temporarily. It's a lot of work. I yes, mean, I know, is. I know, you know, yes, it is. Uh, I know, you know, yeah, once, uh, so you know, our podcast, um, folks, uh, was in the height of the pandemic need to take, you know, take breaks and, um, re reassess, reassess things. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to keep the, keep the show going. So I kind of moved, moved our show from traditional podcast form to, to YouTube uh, videos, just, just so that people, it wasn't even for people. It was more for me. I needed to keep venting about things that were happening in entertainment and pop culture and uh, develop like a little offshoot called AA Ron speaks. Uh, so well, I like what you have to say. So I'm glad you're still well, talking. Thank you. That's all thank that matters. You. But yeah, dude. So last night, man, I woke up at one 30 in the morning and Jen, my wife was like, I woke her up and I felt bad. So she was up with me for a couple of hours and I'm just, I never went back to sleep. Yeah. I never went back to sleep, dude. And I am just, I, I, I worked at some uh, day job meetings this morning and I'm zombied out. Mm. I'm on like cup of coffee. Number 40. That's great. But, but, but I have a Superman mug. Hey, just real quick. Have you seen guardians of the galaxy yet? I did see guardians of the galaxy. See, I can't talk about it because I haven't got around to seeing it. It's just been a matter of logistics. But just a quick question, and then we'll loop back around and have a discussion about it once I see it. We can mm -hmm. talk about the trilogy. Uh, I love the first one. Second one's fine. So, but I am looking forward to this one. But quick question: Does this does this make you more excited for James Gunn's Superman Legacy? Yes. Why? Um, I mean, this is his swan song, man. He 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 crushed it. Uh, this is the best. Guardians film. This is better than the first one, in my opinion. Um, and it is one of the best MCU films out of all the MCU films that we have. Uh, and so his um the humanity that he brought to this specific film, and I'm not gonna spoil anything here by saying this, but and and how he managed to kind of connect that to you know a character that's essentially a raccoon. Uh speaks volumes and gets me really excited about you know what what he will bring to that sensibility that he'll bring to to superman um you know and frankly i'm i'm i'm, I'm bummed because you know this movie's so good i need more of more of james gunn in the rest of the mcu i think uh i think the mcu will be hurting without him um so well maybe it will it's kind of been hurting a little bit anyway right yeah, I mean, but you know, a lot of a lot of that. I've had some. We've talked a little bit about this on our show, but um, 
you know, I think they are placing too many bets um, with things that are meant to pay off later. I think we've been waiting for a long time. Like they broke the format. They broke the formula that I think people got used to the thing that everyone complained about, you know, every uh, mid credit scene was a tease to the next film or the next, you know, sort of exciting moment, whether it was a tease of Thanos, uh, a tease of the infinity, uh, infinity, uh, uh, um, uh, stones, a tease to, you know, Bucky's return, a tease to Wakanda. There were lots of, and all of the teases that have, we've been given haven't really amounted to anything yet. Right. So Eternals was the first, first, I'm sorry, we're going on an MCU team. No, go, go, go. Just finish up. Yeah. The, the Eternals, the Eternals was the first, uh, uh, films in, in, in the new phase. And then there was a tease to characters again, a tease to things that we didn't really understand who, who they were. It was like Star Fox and, and some little troll dude and, and like what did that mean and there was a tease to the black knight and blade and blades actually off screen so you don't really know that that's blade until you kind of do some digging um you know the shang chi thing which is a great film um i'm, I'm talking about things that happened post endgame but like you know that the, they bring the avengers together and then they're talking about this beacon that's being set off by by the 10 rings we still haven't been paid off on any of that stuff right right um you know uh, black panther like what was what was the tease there there was really no tease other than to say that t'challa had a son and you know and, and his name is t'challa as well so they're they're not they're not setting it up for the next film they're setting it up for the next like 10 films you know what i'm saying sure and um and the other thing that's that's hurting the mcu is the fact that you have to watch all the content you have to be watching the animated stuff like what if you have to be watching that's what's know, happening to star wars dude i mean it is it's a little it's a little different with star wars because star wars is very star wars is on the same timeline and they're telling stories you know within within the singular line okay um, well they're and, jumping they're jumping around though but yeah okay they are, but it's still one threat yeah okay that's um, fair Whereas like now we've got the multiverse and so they could always say that like this story is not actually happening within the multiverse that you're or the universe that you're familiar with. Um, and, but you have to keep, you have to watch all of that. And then they've got different factions of, you know, you've got like uh, Kamala Khan who's now a, a, a mutant. You've got uh, Blake, you know, th this concept of like werewolf by night, which was a thing. I don't know if you've even caught that on Disney plus it was actually really good, but you know, you got werewolves and, and uh man thing and all this like weird shit happening uh in the MCU and and uh they're not explaining it to anybody. Well, that's unfortunate, but in, in terms of the uh, James Gunn exiting, uh if all those issues exist with him there, I don't think that those things necessarily maybe go away or get fixed regardless, but at the end of the day, it sounds like DC's in good hands and that's that's equally as important we'll, in, we'll in my in my opinion more important. Um and I've said this a million times, but he has to make Superman legacy work. And what's so tricky about Superman, again, I've said this a million times in live action, set aside the stuff that's been on TV. Mm -hmm. So I understand some of that's been working for people. I'll be honest with you. I haven't been invested in it. But um, in terms of the films, we haven't really truly had a movie work since 1981. I mean, truly universally like embrace with audiences, critics, everybody, Superman too. I mean, really the next, the last two mm -hmm. Chris Reeve movies were wonky. Uh, Superman returns didn't land. Mm -hmm. Man of steel was divisive. B versus S was more, more divisive. His cameo on black Adam was, was irrelevant. Justice league was a, was a mess, whatever. So it's hard. He's kind of hard to pull off in live action, 
but I like James Gunn's confidence in it. And I think some of the fans are missing his point when he talks about the humanity and the smile and when he saves the kitten and all that stuff, he, he's not going to try to replicate Richard Donner and Chris Reeve. I don't yeah, believe that, yeah. but I, there's elements to it that I think he'll carry over. And unlike Superman returns that had those, that film was trying too hard to be essentially Superman three without Richard Pryor. And right. that's why that didn't work. The original sin of that film, I think a was not casting me like they should have, um, <laughs> but, um, and B was, you have a pre-existing Superman who has been gone five years and everybody looks 23 years old. I mean, the whole thing was just kind of, kind yeah, of but, yeah. um, well, good. Well, let's, I will say one last thing about Marvel. So we, uh, friends from work, we got a press screening for into the spider verse. Uh, I believe on Monday night, I can't That's make so that. Man. I'm in Houston. Uh, I live back and forth between Houston and Dallas, but this Houston's primary resident. So most of the stuff I catch will be here. Brian and Courtney are up in Dallas they are actually going together, which is awesome to, to check it out. And so they'll do the show or she'll write a review. She's, she's an awesome writer or Brian will do a, you guys gonna do like a uh, post post screening reactions. So with no spoilers, uh, you know, they can do whatever they want. I just know that whatever they do will be great. And so they'll, they'll, they'll be covering that movie. Yeah. For us. Um, I, um, I saw hmm. the first, the first film, the first like uh, 30 minutes of that, of the first film at Comic-Con in New York. And I remember I walked, I walked out of that, that, uh, that uh first look going like this this movie's gonna change the game like this movie's gonna be amazing this is yeah. such a different such a different story such a different uh, approach to filmmaking frankly and animated films it's killer uh, I, I was just watching it yesterday it's my top. kids love that movie and i so, love it so do my daughters and uh they might I, you know i know my stepkids really love the last spider-man far from home. I don't, I'm sure if they're into that, but my, 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 my girls are, they love it. So yeah. the, I'll be taking them to see it. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about flash. Obviously the movie doesn't come out for another, what, three, really yeah, like a month, yeah. about a month June 16th. Right. But this right. month, this, so they've been, but there's been screenings of it. And then this Monday night, there is some selective cities that are doing IMAX screenings, uh, orange County, California, San Francisco, California, Paramus, I think I'm saying that right. New Jersey and Dallas, uh, Texas. Is Paramus. it Paramus? Okay, I'm sorry. Paramus. Um, I lived in Westwood, Jersey in the summer of 99. For I lived there. I essentially lived there. Stayed on that damn couch all summer. Um, filming Sopranos in that neighborhood. In fact, took the train in New York every day. But uh, uh, in my hometown of Dallas, which is also where Courtney and Brian are, I sent them the information. I think Brian may be checking it out. Didn't didn't uh, land in Houston, so I can't see it mm-hmm. on Monday. But I'm I'm interviewing Andy uh, G- DiGenova from Holy Batcast Tuesday for this show, which I'm looking forward to. That he's great, uh, great podcast too, by the way. Um, Monday night he sees it, and I, I'm curious which probably I guess Orange County is my guess. So I'll get to talk to a, a, one of the biggest Batman fans I know about his reaction to it. So that'll be fun. Awesome. So, and right now the projection for opening weekend is one fifteen to buck forty mil, dude. We'll see. That's, we'll see. What are your thoughts right now? Like, how do you feel about it going into it with some of the reactions and the final trailers and all that? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, we've we've kind of talked. We've you and I have chatted. Uh, we we have, but via but, text but, about but, it. But I'll share my. You know, look, I, I I'm sold. I'm sold on the film uh, purely on <laughs> on the involvement of Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. That's all you need. That's all I need. Correct. Um, I think they're overdoing it. 
uh, with him. Uh, I know that like screaming from the rooftops. Michael Keaton's in this movie. He's going to say some really cool shit. He's going to do some really cool shit too. And blah, blah. Um, well, can you blame, can you blame him? Though? No, I mean, no, no. I mean, I get it. I get it. But like, that's one demographic. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, you know, that's, and, and look, it's, it's about equity, right? It's a, that's what it comes down to. Like Michael Keaton's Batman has more equity than Ezra Miller's flash. Well, and Michael Keaton's Batman, Batman has more equity than Flash. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Just the character alone, and then you've got the goat. But that, but that's that's the thing. I mean, and this is the some of the some of the issues that kind of played to, you know, BVS is you know Superman plays second fiddle, uh, and ultimately what would have been what should have been his sequel uh, movie to Batman. Like Batman eats up that film. Everyone loves and craves Batman, and 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 Superman became unrelatable and almost dislikable in that film, and so. You know, it, it, it the 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 setup. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But Aaron and the director's it, cut. There was ten, there, there was five extra minutes of Clark Kent investigating, which fundamentally changed the movie completely. It did a one eighty. It's entirely different movie. Yeah, but in order to get yeah. that extended I'm, cut, I'm, you had to I'm, buy it. And so I'm, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being I'm being I'm being uh, sarcastic. Be facetious. Okay, be, it didn't change the movie at all for Thank anybody. You. <laughs> all right. Um, if, you, if you liked it, you liked it maybe a little like, more. If you, you, wanna, you, wanna fight if you hate, if you hated it, like most people did, you hated it. You hated it more because it was longer. I didn't. You but, know, it's funny. I did. I appreciated the, the extended cut. I, so I did. did. I. Um, I mean, it flushed some stuff out with Lex. I mean, sure. it, it, it it improved the film if you already liked it. But it's not like it, if you hated it, like oh, whoa, it, whoa. Um, what it, I needed was a little bit more Detective Clark and a couple more minutes of Lex's yeah. plan, and now, woo. It it fixed some of the editing, editing issues I was having with the, with the film, but so but anyways, but go, um, go, back to, but go back to this. I don't think that that's going to be the case here. I think it's twofold. I think one, Michael Keaton and Batman are going to sell the tickets. Could it have a little bit to do with Ezra Miller's issues and they're kind of taking the spotlight off him a little bit. Could be a combo of the two. Mm-hmm. But let's wait and see. I, I still feel like the heart of this film, just based on what it looks like, is. And I've talked to somebody that's seen it, but they've been they were super. They they played by the rules, even privately on the phone with me. But I would say that, uh, like, they didn't give me shit, nothing, other than what they could put on Twitter. <laughs> they just, like, read their tweet to me. I'm like, okay, fine. But, uh, which is what you're supposed to do. But uh, but what what I did hear is the heart and soul of the film is 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 Barry mm. and, and and his his love for his mother. That's and, great. And that That's ties cool. in, and that obviously ties into, do you notice in one of the new trailers, he's talking to Affleck's Bruce Wayne. He said, I can even save your parents. I didn't even, uh, dude. I, I like oh. I said, I stopped. I stopped watching all all of that stuff. Stop because okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't need it. I'm gonna go in there because what Got it that. starts to do is all the good moments, the things that you're like, oh, the things that they're hooking you on, become less hooks when you're watching the film and it sure. doesn't land. It's like the sure. jokes, you know. And, mo- and most of them are gonna be different takes, anyways. You and I both know. Right, right, right. So, so you know, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm down for it. Let's go. Yeah. Watch let's it. go. Let's, let's get it over with. Let's start well, to let's refresh. Let's refresh. Um, but. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm interested to see how it how it uh, restarts the DCU. I am too. As I understand it, it's kind of like one of those things where you can interpret it as buttoning up the Snyderverse, and you can also interpret it as it leaves things open for that to continue in some capacity. And I'm sure God help are. us all. Well, no, there's some good stuff in the Snyderverse, especially cast members. But but regardless, we'll, we'll see where that all goes. I'm not making any predictions. So much of this will will really de- be determined by 
what what happens with Flash from a box office standpoint, and quite frankly, where Superman Legacy lands. Yeah, uh, I think I think Superman I think Superman Legacy's got a, got uh, a lot of pressure. Uh, the Flash, whether, whether it succeeds or not, um, you know, James Gunn is still writing and directing a Superman film. Of course. Um, uh, I think the and a lot of this is not has nothing to do with his his tenure there, the success of the Flash, or even the way that it was shaped. I think he's lucky, lucky enough that Andy Machete. Um, is bringing a lot of heart and soul to to this and and uh, has been a good partner and collaborator with with james gunn but ultimately i don't think that shit falls on your shoulders well no 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 i, I don't either so let me let me clarify because you're you are absolutely correct here's what i meant by this i'll paint this picture if flash does 1.4 billion and it's a critically acclaimed film they're not just stopping there they're it's just not, yeah you're right you know what i mean like if it's a black label offshoot keep right. thing because he'll still do his batman and then Matt Reeves obviously is doing his thing, thank God. And so, although did you see the penguin has been put on uh on hiatus for the writer strike? Yeah, I mean just temporarily for the mm -hmm. writer writer strike. Um okay, so let's shift gears here a little bit. We're both excited to see Michael Keaton return, uh, Indiana Jones. So <laughs> it premiered at Cannes, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh have you read the reviews today? I did not. I saw um so I didn't read any of the, uh, I lie. I did read one. I saw the varieties. Okay. So uh, I just sk quickly skimmed through it. Um, it is Friday, May 19th, 2023. I'm surprised that they lifted embargoes on reviews a month and a half out from this movie. Yeah. 1 10 PM central standard time, 2 20 in New York where you're at. Um, as of this writing, it has 19 reviews or as this like podcast, 50%. At 47, 47%. 47%. Now, it, now maybe that's changed in the last 20 minutes that I, I yeah, it dropped. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, when, I, when I looked early this morning, it was at 50%. Well, here's a couple of things I'll say to that. First of all, who gives a shit, right? Go see it, judge for yourself. What drives right. me nuts about stuff like this is that we're letting these aggregates and rotten tomatoes ruin everything for us. And people are like, oh, I saw this coming. Well, you saw what coming? Like all of a sudden now you you agree with critics you didn't agree with critics with the last Jedi yeah it becomes but now a, light, a lightning rod yeah 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 just go see it for yourself and quite frankly some of the reviews I've read I feel like and I say this about Star Wars it's okay to not like a movie in a franchise Star Wars uh, I don't want to say Batman because Batman the only really when I think of franchise I mean yeah it's technically a franchise but I'm talking about with like continuity. Because really all you have is the Tim Burton films, the Joe Schumacher films, which at this point they're just separate, and then the Nolan films, and everything else is just kind of offshoots, right? Like Snyder. But but Star Wars and Indiana Jones are the same reality. They're the same mm -hmm. under the same umbrella, they're the same universe. And uh it's okay if you don't like an Indiana Jones film but love another. But when I read some of the reviews, and it's like I'm reading reviews like it's not even from the franchise, like the the standard that it's being applied to. The barometer is like Lord of the Rings or something. I'm like, it's, mm -hmm. have you guys seen an Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? So who knows? Who cares? Just I'm excited to see it. Uh, it's the last one. So let's go enjoy it. But, you know, yeah. I'm, not it, I'm not excited. I'm excited just to see it on the big screen. I mean, I you know. I I'm like Crystal. I'm, I'm, deba I'm debating. I'm debating whether or not I see it in theaters at all. I um, liked. I liked Crystal Skull. Fine. I, I didn't could, hate. It. Man, I, hate I will it. tell you. I, I will. It. I will tell you. There was a moment where, in Crystal Skull, it was the monkey swinging bullshit. That was stupid. 
and I literally just stopped and was like, what the fuck am I watching? You're watching the Star Wars prequels, bro. That's what Dude, you're watching. And, but, and so, and so that, this, is the, this is the thing. This is the thing that's kid that was killing it for me for Indiana Jones. I appreciate that Lucasfilm's heart and soul is in discovering the next technology that's going to push movie making forward in new, to new heights, right? Okay. ILM, all that good shit. I love, love the technology, the innovation behind all that. But what you can do, like the, the over-reliance on much of that in their films, specifically Star Wars and, and, uh, and, uh, and Indiana Jones and a couple of other things. I saw it in Willow. It, it, it detracts you from actually being engaged in like the, the world building and the story that they're shaping because you are being distracted by some really wonky ass CGI shit. And from the stuff I've seen in the trailers, um, it, 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 that's the kind of, that's the stuff that's like, I don't really think I want to see it. Like when I watch a de-aged version of, you know, Harrison Ford and his right eye wavers because they're using some deep fake thing. I'm like, that's taking me right out of the moment in time where I'm like actually believing that this is a story. Like I get, you had to manufacture this for, for this film, but like, what, what, what did you think of Carrie Fisher's, um, or I shouldn't even say Carrie, Carrie Fisher or specifically princess Leia's moment in rogue one. It was, it was distracting. Yeah. I, I, I understand the, the, I appreciate what it was meant to do, but it was hella distracting. And what did you uh, think? Luke Skywalker's Luke Skywalker's appearance in the Mandalorian, distracting. Yeah, but I'll tell you when it gets when it, when they do it right. Um, Marvel the use of uh, younger Tony Stark in Civil War, that's good stuff. Yeah, de age him there. Uh, it, um, uh, Captain Marvel de aging Sam Sam Jackson. Should they have de-aged uh, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor a little more in the Obi Wan series? I, I think so, so. Ewan McGregor was easy because he didn't really. It wasn't that bad. Uh, Hayden Christensen definitely aged. Um, yeah, they, he was. You know, like, you, you, they did some. They did some light touches. You could see it, but I mean, he but, looked great, but he looked like a 39, 40 year old Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. You know, it was a little. It was a little weird. I think they got better with some of the some of the technology that we saw in the book of Boba Fett specifically with Luke Skywalker, it was like way different um, with the use of deep fake. But, but anyways, suffice it to say that that's the kind of stuff that starts to throw me off. I, I, I find it really hard to, to, you know, for an 80 year old man to be running around like a crazy person doing all this shit. And it's not, I'm not, it's not, I'm not being ageist by any stretch, but you know, it, it becomes more of a stretch of believability in terms of like, are you actually doing that shit? Well, one of the reasons that I actually prefer how we got Luke in The Last Jedi, especially with the arc at the end. But we'll open up a can of worms with that. I know that you agree. Um, okay. Well, then there you have it. I tell you what, the uh, the cruise, not the cruise, but the hotel closing. Uh, what is that thing called? The Star Galactic Starship. Yeah, yeah. Galactic Starship. Everybody's kind of pouncing on that. I'm like, look, you can pounce on it all you want. I mean, but. This pounce on it in what sense? Fucking. Well, like. Disney sucks. Really? Kathleen Kennedy. Blah, blah, blah. Really? Of course. Worst, worst fans ever online. But dude, I had a uh, friend that went and it was several thousand dollars a night it's to be there. $4,800 to stay for two nights. Right. Look, man. Yeah. There's somebody that was on Twitter going, it's because she insisted to have the sequel characters. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's we were going to take our, we were going to take our kids to the, and spend $15,000, but they have those woke characters in it. Ray, right. Right. whatever. It, look, man, it just is a weird business model. I made a joke. I, I, 
I was halfway joking a few years ago. I was like, I want to open a, a Star Wars bar, a theme bar in, somewhere in Dallas. But I was partially serious. I was like, can I make this thing work? Because, you know, especially in those days, I was heavy in the bar business and trying to get bars open and had some ups and downs with success. And so I was like, I already had a bar closed that should have should have worked after after seven years. Mm-hmm. So why would I venture off into a Star Wars theme bar? I like really was doing the math on it. And a buddy of mine had a great name for it. It was like Admiral Akbar. I was like, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, dude. And then we were, I was going to do menu items that were all themed. And then I just it just fizzled out. But yeah. uh, neither here or there. I just thought I'd throw that in there. But yeah, yeah man, I, that's just it, too, it's, it's too fucking expensive, dude. I, I mean, yeah. The and look, I've spent way too many hours watching uh, YouTube influencers go uh, and stay at these places and record, you know, having having their participating in the media day, for example, and uh, three, four, you know, chapter videos, two hours each of kind of going through uh the hotel or the, that experience and, and and like honestly i would have loved to participate in some of that shit but like it was expensive they were pushing pushing content to your data tabs um you know so like via a specialized app you know everyone was participating in a story um you know they were helping specific characters you know through their journey which ultimately culminated in a uh you know, in, in a in a standoff between Kylo Ren and and Ray, I think if if I remember correctly, you know, the food uh, was being changed on a regular basis. I mean, it's like the operational shit that goes into running a theme park. They threw into a hotel, right? You right. know what I'm saying? Like that's not cost effective. And uh, in many ways, you know, Disney's uh, comment because I did read their press release about the closure was that it was an experiment. Well, that that's a hell of an expensive experiment, but I see and I appreciate what they were trying to do. You know, kind of creating these immersive experiences because let's let's cut let, let let's cut to the chase. Like people go to these theme parks to be a part of the story to like touch and feel the shit that you've only been able to see. That's right. On on the screen. That's right. Um, and so to be able to live in that world, I mean, yeah. If it were cheaper, I'd 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 do it. But it wasn't. You know, to make it cheaper doesn't make it cost effective for all the things that they're providing to you. No, that's right. And it's unfortunate, but you're you're everything you just said is correct. And um, I, I think that. You, it's kind of funny. You t- you touched upon the logistics of theme park and restaurant and hotel and hospitality is a tough racket. I know firsthand. Raise within margins, dude. Oh my gosh, you have to have mm-hmm. super volume for that to be cured. And you can say that about any business, but the math on cost of goods of food and beverage and everything and labor. Oh my god, it's something else. Yeah. But uh, but um, I it's not a testimony to anything about Star Wars as an entity or the films or Disney plus. So let's just move on from that. Okay. Um, all right. So I was going to wrap the show up with, uh, something. And if you haven't seen it, I just wanted to kind of just talk about it for a second. Have you seen still, and by the way, the, the Texan will come out of me. I can't listen. S T I L L S T E A L. That's the same word to me. I can't print. I, I don't know which one I'm pronouncing, but I only can say one you said of them. S T E A L. Yeah. Steel, steel, steel. steel. Still, still, still. And then what about S-T-E-E-L? S-T-E-E-L. S-T-E-E-L. Steel. 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 Yeah. This is where the Texan comes out of me. Oh, Jesus. I don't have an accent, but this this kind of shit will sneak up on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer for it. 
Oh my god, dude! I, I want to see it, but it's, it's an Apple TV thing. I think I'm gonna pay for it. Jit, yeah, you can do like a free trial, then just ditch it though. Um, after you watch it, I hate to say that, but you can. So Jen and I watched it the other day. Jen's my wife. For those that don't know, I tell you, you know, I, you know, growing up with him, yeah, from, from Family Ties, dude. Before yeah. Back to the Future, I mean, to me, the guy from Alex P. Keaton was in this in this movie about space travel or time travel. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't introduced to him even through Back to the Future. And um, man, it's 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 a hard watch because you, you're watching someone that's such a beloved performer who, in a lot of ways, is an underrated actor. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think of films like uh, Casualties of War with Sean Penn, dude, he's ferocious in that movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, but to see this guy you grew up with, Teen Wolf, yep. Back to the Future trilogy, right? Family Doc, Holly, uh, Doc Hollywood. Yeah, that's, that's fun. <laughs> Doc Hollywood's fun. It's that um, was I was in high school when that came out. It's hard because you also know that this is going to be his demise, and yeah. and he's his condition has has worsened. Uh, but if you're a fan of his, it's also a very telling story about, you know, his career and how he got started and his success. Yeah. And man, when he, when he was filming back to the future, remember he came on, they had yeah, a shot. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, dude. They shot like 15% of that movie. A more, lot of more stuff, than that. maybe more, more than, than that, that. A lot of shit. Well, some of it though, that they filmed, they were, they were able to keep, but 15% of Marty scenes were, with uh with Stoltz. I think that's right. But whatever, the point stands. A lot of fucking stuff. And um and he rolls in I think within just like No, he was, he, he was st- filming both f- family oh, ties, yeah. Dude, he they had a they called him he called it a teamster. Would take him to his apartment in Beverly Hills. Yeah. He'd sleep for 3 hours. They another teamster would come in the morning, unlock his door, put on coffee, start a shower, throw him in there and then take him in the car yeah. and then he'd go he'd go film that. And he said at one point he was waking up and he didn't know which character he was. He didn't know where he was at. And he thought it was going to be shit, you know? Yeah. And of course it's movie, movie history. It's movie yeah. magic, but it's, it's good. And it's a, it's a good insight on that disease and not to get too personal and emotional here or anything, but I'm sitting there with the love of my life, watching it and watching his wife who it's like a testimony to real true love, man, mm. sickness and health. Like, staying by his side and it's not about money because she could take half his money anyway. It's about the, and he says it in the film that it's his burden that has become hers. And in a lot of ways she takes on more of the burden than he does. And he's the one with the disease Mm -hmm. and it's quite inspiring. Mm. So if you have had a family member that's had Parkinson's, if you're a fan of Michael J. Fox, if you're curious about either or, I just highly recommend it. It's a it's a it's a beautiful hour and a half. You won't regret it. It's hard to watch, but it's mm. it's uplifting at the same time, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see that. I, I I did catch the trailer and I was like, man, I, I love. First of all, I love this guy, uh, and I know. Uh, I remember I remember hearing um, it was I, I don't know if it was like a press conference or even like news. It's like oh, he's got Parkinson's. Gonna like, take a break. Oh, dude. Stuff well, like you know that. What, yeah, you know one of the things I forgot about was. You know, because they were showing some of his his films that weren't doing well, and, th- and I was like, I thought his career kind of ended on a high note, though. Spin City. That's right, and yeah. that's when he was. That's what, like he had that they had announced that that he had uh, 
Yeah, like season, a right? third, like third season or something, something maybe. Like that, yeah. But it was it was funny. They were showing scenes. Like he was talking about his his hand his would be uncontrollable. And so then it would show the scenes. At this point, no one knew, but you know, your eye goes right to that hand and you can see him hiding it. And hiding it. Yeah. yeah, kind of, yeah. Probably like trying to put it into motion so it like distracts you from yeah. yeah. That's wild stuff. I I I'm definitely uh I'm definitely a sucker for those kinds of things. Um yeah. I did watch uh uh which is another great one, it's called I Am Val. Oh, dude, I love it. Oh my, I, dude, I was, oh I'm my bawling, gosh, bawling! I loved it, and and this is not quite the same thing, but the uh, thing on HBO Max about George Carlin mm. is also it's a two part documentary. It's also amazing, but 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 the the Val Kilmer thing is a similar thing where you have a beloved star from the from, yeah, from, from the originally 80s. from the eighties and nineties, and uh, who will never be the same. Yep. You know, yeah, um, and he's you know he's still popping up every once in a while. I was surprised he popped up in Maverick, yeah. Um, but um, you know, but but also like his charisma, and you know the 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 disease that he has, you know the the, the situation that he's in. Uh, you, you could f- you feel his absence, you know, for things that are kind of carrying on. So it's like you couldn't do the Iceman cameo, or you couldn't talk about Iceman in. Top Gun now, granted, Top Gun, the first Top Gun is like a throwaway bullshit film. Like, it's just now people are like, oh, yeah, it's well, great. Like, no, it was not great back in the day. But Maverick is amazing. But you start to understand that, you know, uh, uh, Maverick and Iceman have this relationship. And if he wasn't able to pop up, that would hurt that film. You know? Like, yeah. He, and they, he brings the charisma. He, he even in his situation and in his state, was still able to kind of, you know, bring bring the heat that you remember in Val Kilmer, and then you watch a show like Willow on Disney Plus, and they're talking about Mad Mardigan, and he ain't there, and that's like a gaping hole that's left in that entire franchise. I'm like, I'm glad they wrapped that shit up because it sucked. Well, they they wrapped it up, and it's coming off the stream. And there's a lot of people complaining about that, and that's unfortunate for the fans of it. And I I think there should be a physical copy of it for for people that want it. But at the same time, and no one's watching it, dude. Why? Just, why spend the money hosting that or just just time on yeah? Your I mean, I hate to say that to the fans of the show, but I mean, but give them the Blu-ray, do something for them. But I mean, you know, whatever. So, man, this was a heavy uh, conversation with a lot of stuff, my friend. Let's wrap this thing up. You got any last thoughts on just anything? Anything you want to chat about, real quick? Uh, or just any final thoughts on anything we discussed? Yeah, you know, well, not not really on stuff that we discussed, but it's uh, something for folks to consider who who are you know about to step headfirst into the uh, summer movie uh, time period, right? So it's like we've got things like the Flash, we got Indiana Jones. We talked a lot about that. Uh, AMC is doing some really wonky shit with their premium seating upcharge. I don't know if you, you guys ever have experienced it in your, in your city, but no, uh, I'm a Cinemark guy. Yeah. So, so AMC is big in New York. It's like almost every major theater with the exception, like obviously they got some regal theaters, but they're, they're doing an upcharge on prime seating. Right. So it's like the center aisles. Uh, and they'll also discount, like if you end up in the front row, but uh, you know, one of the things I would say to folks is, you know, remember you've got options. Um, films are coming out pretty frequently. There are a lot of folks are kind of dro- a lot of movies rather are dropping in that 45 day period. And for what you would have spent for a, a family of four to go to a theater, right? You could just wait and purchase that thing online. But where you might get more bang for your buck is if you join one of those A list subscriber things where you are allotted a certain number of seats per month to go see the movies. I have opted into that. Um, it's like $22, which is a little bit more than what I'd be paying for um, 
for a ticket. But if I go to the movies three times, I get premium seating access. I get all of that good stuff. So definitely consider that stuff. That's the last thing I'll leave folks. No, with. no. And, and that's good. And when I'm, when I'm in Dallas, I go to AMC. They're, they're here in Houston, but there's where I, where I'm at the suburb I'm in Cinemarks are closer and they're all like, there's a Cinemark cut. I don't know if those have made their way up there. It's no. kind of a new offshoot. It's kind of like a studio movie girls in New York. I, I know. No, what is up in New York? That's the same thing though. Where you have the server that's waiting. Oh, table. I mean, well, so we like the AMC has a food, like a food one, but but uh, it's the um, uh, draft house, the yeah, Alamo the draft, draft house. Yeah, Alamo draft house. I always forget that those are not just in Texas. I don't even think it's a Texas-based company. It's like Texas Roadhouse restaurants or some guys from Ohio or some <laughs> yeah. bullshit. But uh, <laughs> but I do want to end the show in one thing. I just kind of looked down at my notes. I can't believe I forgot, but this is my delirious state. So my favorite sitcom of all time is Cheers. Um, I'm super excited about Frasier doing another. I'm a little worried about it because Frasier was was one of those lightning in the bottle spinoffs that was just as good as Cheers. Mm -hmm. uh, he's about to launch a new Frasier and he's back in Boston. So the timing of this is kind of interesting. Uh, I wonder how they're going to incorporate the characters from Cheers in this show because they popped up in inside Frasier when he was in Seattle. But for my birthday, which is May 31st, my lovely wife got me at uh, the Moody Center at the uh, University of Texas in Austin. I think that's, is it actually on the campus? Is it detached? Shit. I don't even, I might be misspeaking about that Moody. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's in Austin and I'm going to on Friday, June 2nd, I'm sitting in on a, on a panel and the cast members I know that are there are Ted Danson, John Ratzenberger and, and George Wentz. George Wentz is Jason Sudeikis, his uncle, by the way, but that's Sam Malone, that's Cliff Clavin and that's uh, Norm Peterson. And uh, they said, and others. So maybe Shelley Long will pop in, Rhea Perlman, Kelsey Grammer. Unfortunately, Kirstie Alley's passed away, you know, whatever. Um, but the creators, Les Charles, Glenn Charles, and James Burroughs will be there. And it's just a panel reflecting on the show. They're going to do some script readings from some episodes. I'm like, kid in a candy store. Dude. Oh, man, you're going to be sobbing. Like I'm so stoked. Yeah, I am so excited and I love uh, going over to Austin anyway. So it's an excuse to go. But anyway, I'll cover that here for those that for the three of you that give a crap about <laughs> about cheers <laughs> at the stage in your life. But I'm, I'm I'm really excited about that. All right. So uh, let's do some plays and get out of here, man. What you got? Uh, yeah, you can check me out uh, at the Fanboy Garage on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and our show, uh, which is everywhere that you can find a podcast. Uh, so Spotify, iTunes, podcasts, whatever, Stitcher, you whatever. Can, you gotta, yeah, you got to have me back on soon. Yeah, I mean, um, I got to do a show, actually. That's an, you can do a show. I feel right, bad. Right. I'm, I'm spending time here talking to you, and I'm not even doing my own show. Uh, well, I feel bad. <laughs> I talked about I've talked about Andy from Holy Badcast having him booked on Tuesday. And then he gets after the booking, he gets this, uh, he gets uh, an early screening on Monday night. He's going I almost want to text him like, it's cool if you want to postpone it and do your own show. I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with the Batman Center podcast. But he's he's a good sport. I'm sure he'll just do both. But anyway, and be looking forward to that. It's going to be a, uh, a good podcast. Anyway, follow all of our handles on Instagram. Courtney runs that for us. Uh, Facebook, Twitter. I'm kind of doing that uh find us on facebook and follow us and and oh oh well no itunes stitcher all that YouTube. stuff i'm so, i've slept two hours i'm sorry yeah youtube just follow us where you get great podcast 
<laughs> I am fizzling out. Done. I am. Oh man, I'm done, dude. This is like coffee cup 20. Anyway, I'm Rick Shue at Shoe Rick S H E W on behalf of myself, Courtney Sheet, Brian Chatlin. We are the friends from work. Aaron from Family Garage. I love you, buddy. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Out of the